You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. For this episode, we'll be talking about Elton John, A Madman Across the Water. In the room, I have Rob. Yes, sir. And Ben. Hello. Madman Across the Water is the fourth studio album released by Elton John uh, on the 5th of November, 1971. The producer was Gus Dudgeon, and the genre is symphonic rock, soft rock, folk rock, progressive rock, and psychedelic rock. Still rock. All Music Review by Stephen Thomas Irwine. Trading the cinematic aspirations of Tumbleweed Connection for a tentative stab at prog rock, Elton John and the Bernie Topin delivered another excellent collection of songs with Madman Across the Water. Like its two predecessors, Madman Across the Water is driven by the sweeping string arrangements of Paul Buckmaster, who gives the songs here a richly dark and haunting edge. And these are songs that benefit from grandiose treatment with most songs clocking in around five minutes, the record feels like a major work, and in many ways it is. While it's not adventurous as Tumbleweed Connection, the overall quality of the record is very high, particularly on ca- character sketches, Levon and Razorface, as well as the melodramatic Tiny Dancer and the paranoid title track. Madman Across the Water begins to fall apart towards the end, but the record remains an ambitious and rewarding work, and John never attained its darkly introspective atmosphere again. All right, what do we think of Madman Across the Water? What a cool record. What a totally... I, I, I found it to be very solid uh, all the way through. I, okay. I, I don't think it really slowed down too bad. I mean, it's front-loaded, for sure. Um, yeah. But it does, doesn't mean that these songs at the end were like... Yeah, I don't think they're, no, they're not bad. terrible. I, I do think I kind of agree that it's it do, front loaded. It does get in that three fourths of the way through. You're you're a little like, eh. I do like side one better than side two. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah absolutely. But man, no, uh, it, it's uh, it, it's so cool to have like a dude playing piano or anyone playing piano, like a singer songwriter in piano form. Yeah. Which is what Elton John was and is, and like with the backing band and everything, like you know, mwah. were you here? You, you weren't here when we did Carol King, right? Singer songwriter piano form. No, I don't think I was. But right. she did it with acoustic guitar. Carol this, King's a pianist. Yeah, yeah, but a lot like, of that, uh, like, uh, like I feel the earth move. That's a piano rocker. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Um. But I feel like this sort of the genre when I looked up and it said symphonic rock, I was like, ah, Elton John. Like, yeah, 
it, like, there is like a there's a full symphony in there. Yeah, and I feel like that distinguishes him from most other uh, sort of like piano or other singer songwriters is that sort of like symphony with a piano, right? Yeah, I guess I don't know. Like he he he's got like his voice is great, and he's a brilliant pianist. Uh, which I, I it's few and far between that we actually get a pianist that can like <clears throat> compose and is also very good at singing. Like the last time I think that we had one that was just specifically that was uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah. Um. So like fucking Elton John, like, you know, coming in swinging in 71 with uh, a record that has a lot of really great, like, tracks on it, like, and I, you know, there, there may be just, like, a little bit of nostalgia on it, because, uh, you know, the vid used to close out sometimes with Tiny Dancer. Yeah. <laughs> and I recall being very, very drunk and screaming that at the top of my lungs, <laughs> and I, I associate it with nice things, yeah. <laughs> such as that. Um, Getting swept out of the van. <laughs> Shiflet spirited me down an entire flight of stairs. Uh, but no, uh, like that's, uh, I don't know. Um, it, I, I, it also, like, all the symphonic elements, like, absolutely lead into what, like, not Tyrannosaurus Rex, which I think we're probably going to cover, uh, but sure. T-Rex ends up doing, like, sure. a little bit later. Like, it... it it, it has the gravitas that uh, that gl- that that's bringing a little bit of the glam in, and uh, it's yeah. bringing the glam it. in. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised to hear that this album did not perform well in his home country. No, it did not. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. No. What came out at the same time that was, he was battling? No, 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 it, it wasn't about that. The, the US, country was just like, eh. It was on the U.S. chart for almost a year. By contrast, it was one of his least successful in the U.K. Another thing I didn't notice was that Tiny Dancer was not a big hit. No, it was not. It was not a single in the UK and it was not a big hit in the United States until the year 2000 when the movie Almost Famous made everyone re-listen to the song and be like actually that is a good song I I, I, I did not know that that I did not I, I just thought it had always been a huge song I yeah. would have met, like, and that was a, one of the weird things about listening to this record I was like man they're what a bold move opening with the track that everyone knows right <laughs> no. But he said that, yeah, I, I had read that too, and I, I was like, that wasn't always kind of a hit. But when, yeah, it, it hit peaked at number 41 in America, and then it did nothing. He said that like it died when he would play it live in Russell... Uh, sorry, uh, what's his name uh, that did uh, Almost Famous? Uh, oh, uh... Man, you Kurt were... Russell. Not Kurt no. Russell. Cameron Crowe. Russell Simmons. Cameron Crowe, sorry. <laughs> Cameron Crowe. Russell Crowe. <laughs> oh, sorry, quote. It, Cameron Crowe medicine When show. he played in England, it would go down like a Led Zeppelin. <laughs> like a literal Zeppelin. Cam- I would have thought they would have done good in England, too, Ca- Cameron yeah. resurrected the song <laughs> after it was used in that, and it was a top seller in 2000, uh, 2005. Earning its first gold certification. That's crazy. In 2005. So you're saying the sump pumps still have a chance. Yeah. That's what he's saying. That's, That's what right. he's saying. Cool. Uh, he's got getting tight with a young music journalist. He's <laughs> <laughs> eventually going to have a biopic written about him. Uh, I thought that was so strange, too. Yeah, I, right? I, 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 was, I just 
I, I feel like I had heard it on the radio before 2000. And we and we probably had, but it, but it was huge. But it wasn't a big hit. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know, I know, I know it was referenced in Friends in the 90s <laughs> because Phoebe says, "Hold me close, young Tony Danza," yeah. and I thought that was hilarious as a as a a, a young man. So I, it was at least known enough that it could be the butt of a Friends joke. Okay. But it was not a gold-selling right. record yet, huh? Because okay. I, I, I saw okay. I saw Almost Famous when it came out. I was I, I think I even saw it in the theater. I was the right age, yeah. and I don't remember being like, "What's this song?" I remember being like, "Oh yeah, Tiny Dancer." Yeah, Tiny Dancer. yeah, you're right, you're right, yeah. So it just it just propelled it. It's one of those things like Wayne's World, Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. where, where it's like. Everyone knows this song. Well, that was the first time I had heard it, but granted, I was 11 but, years old. Right. Yeah, so. but then then it's like a yeah. major, it's on the charts again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, what do we think about the rest of the album? I kept singing, this week I kept uh, singing uh, Levon. Hell yeah, man. I was, Inspired by Levon Helm. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Because, you know, he sold balloons. <laughs> he named his son Jesus. <laughs> I learned a lot about Levon Helm. He likes his money. <laughs> <laughs> I also found it completely baffling uh, that he released five albums in 18 months, and this was like the third one. Wow. Yeah. So this was just another album that he was, you know, releasing yeah. in 18 months. Yeah. One was a live album and one was a soundtrack, I believe. But still. Man, those old school th- record albums. contracts were crazy. I don't know. But, you know, they turned out some good material. We should maybe read. Let's start a record company and sign a band and be like, all right, we need five albums <laughs> by 2021. <laughs> we need we need three <laughs> albums in a year. Well, I mean, yeah. shit, if you get a signing bonus that's good enough to where you don't have to work a job, yeah. fuck yeah, I'll, I'll crank mean, out songs all goddamn day long. You still need to tour to support it, and we're expecting number one hits. <laughs> done and done. <laughs> It'll be n- n- number one in fucking <laughs> Papua New Guinea. In a garage by the motorway. He was born upon the two upon on a Christmas day when the New York Times said God is dead and the war's begun. Oh, Alvin Tostig, a hell of a song. As much as I like Elton John, as much as I like the majority of this album, I don't think this album is stellar. But I'd agree with that assertion. Like, I like Elton John's style and his voice and his like musical style enough to just kind of like the songs that I don't think are as strong. It's they still coast, you know. It's still Elton John, and they still are friendly to my ears. But if I'm actually going to like dive in and critique. 
I think that there's I think that there's some some weak spots in the record. Do you feel like he kind of rests on a certain style and it, maybe a little it, bit? Okay, yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't branch out to uh, kind of be a bit more. Uh, what would you say inventive? I could see that it, his melodies are wonderful. That it, but at the same time, I do kind of when I think of an Elton John song sounds like an Elton John song It does. Yeah. Which is, I mean, still a great song. Yep. That's the hard part about critiquing anything like like this is you're like, great song. At the same time, all these songs are a bit similar. Um, there are some standouts like that that have really catchy lyrics or he does some f- piano work or something comes in that that really makes it distinctive. But at the same time, it does kind of get that, yeah. Yeah. This this song also has strings, with piano up front, with you know it it it, it it's hard to distinct that, and I think that's why he's he's great is because he 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 churns out he kind of busts out all those songs, all those melodies, which he's, I mean, he's pretty much a genius, mm-hmm. a melody maker, but the real true like standout tracks he can he can then piece together in a live set or something he can he can pull all of the sort of like hits that he's had into a great show yeah and he is a showman he is as as good of a lyricist uh, as bernie Taupin is which he is very good uh i always since i was a kid ever since i i found out that elton john didn't write his own lyrics. How did you find that out? I think my mom told me. Oh, and it, I, it wasn't the South Park episode where it was Chef Aid. No, I don't think it was a South Park. Chef episode. going to to Elton John, who's singing, "Hey, there, cheddar cheese girl." <laughs> like you should find someone else to write your songs. <laughs> write, write the lyrics to your songs. I've never heard that. Yeah, man, that's the first time I I, the, I, I learned that uh, Elton didn't write the lyrics to his songs off of. <laughs> the aid episode of South Park. Okay, I, just, I I remember like especially when when I was young, first listening to Elton John, and especially like the song "Your Song," which sounds like it's so personal and from the heart, especially like in his delivery. And you know, not that there's anything wrong with having a songwriting partner; it's very common practice. But I remember as a as a kid, I I felt like, oh man, I. I always thought he was saying that, and I, I, and then I was like thinking like, well, I wonder what like I want to know more about Elton John. I want to know like what he has to say, and you know, like I said, Bernie Taupin's great, and maybe Elton John's not a, a, a great lyricist, and you don't need to be perfect at everything. You know, yeah. he's a great singer and a great performer and a great pianist. I just always wish like there was more Elton John in the lyrics of an Elton John song. I think we all want a. You know, super genius. We all want well, a Freddie Mercury's coming. Yeah, I mean, in Prince, and yeah. you know, all those guys who do it all. Or, mm-hmm. or, but at the same time, I mean, what what more can you ask for? It's. I, I heard he was so good at at writing melodies that they would hand him like the lyrics, and in the time someone said they went to make a sandwich, they would come back and he'd be like, "Yep, got the song done. Man, here, here it is. That's so the cool. entire thing." Uh, mapped out and here's the you know the chorus and all this 
and also I found it really interesting that Bernie Taupin would, uh, they, many times they're not in the same room. He would just send him the lyrics or, you know, oh, hand really? out the lyrics and say, here's the lyrics. If they've worked, worked together long enough. Yeah. Uh, I found that truly interesting that he could come up with the melodies from just, you know, reading or just having something to, to base it off of. Um, and I'm sure he had his own, you know, songs that he had created that, you know, he would fit in with that. I'm sure he's got like a cachet of ideas. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I, I found that, you know, I find that very challenging to, to read lyrics uh, or read words and then come up with, you know, here's the here's the here's melody. The exactly. Yeah. Here, here's everything. I learned this week that uh, a tiny dancer was about uh, Bernie Taupin's then wife, uh, Maxine Feebleman. Who was, uh, uh, he met like through, uh, like a, it was like a chance encounter, uh, uh through like a, a, a mutual acquaintance, but, uh, Maxine started touring with them. Uh, she was Elton John's costume designer and she is responsible for some of his memorable looks at the time. And she is the blue jean baby seamstress for the band. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's really cool. Yeah. I love that. His outfits. I saw him. <laughs> I was like doing research and I saw him in like a Donald Duck outfit. <laughs> oh, the Donald Duck one's good. I love the like the Dodgers baseball uniform yeah. one where it's just like all sequined. It's so cool. I forgot about the Donald Duck one yeah. though. <laughs> I have no idea what it was that's about, but all right. Uh he is he is probably he might be the first one that we've come across that is I would use the word diva. Oh, yeah. See our first diva? Possibly. Huh. Um, yeah. I'm, huh. Not, I'm not sure, but the more I read about it, when he... he Wait, had, we had Little Richard. Oh, true. Little Richard's... Yeah, I could definitely... Yeah. And Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart which is I was a diva, but, but he's posing as a, a working class lad. There you go. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I did read that him and Rod Stewart definitely had a fierce rivalry. John once hired snipers to shoot down balloons that Rod Stewart had launched into the sky promoting a concert. <laughs> when Rod put up a huge banner for his Blondes Have More Fun tour, Elton put up a banner on the building across the street that says, But Burnett's make more money. Oh! <laughs> Uh, yeah. uh, it's like Morrissey and, <laughs> and uh, wait, wait, Robert Smith. Where does this, where does this rivalry stem from? It seems like uh, they're even like they've got. I'm sure there's overlap, but they're kind of different demographics. They are. There was one. Uh, I read that one of the early ones was he told Rod Stewart to decline being the pinball wizard in the Tommy's Who, mm -hmm. and Elton John then took over the role as the pinball wizard. Okay, so that's a good reason for Rod Stewart to have beef against Elton John. Yeah. But both things that you talked about were Rod Stewart, were Elton John shooting down his balloons and putting up rival billboards. <laughs> it's because we're talking about Elton John. <laughs> All right, I'll look up some Rod Stewart uh, beef uh, later on. He also had a rival, like a quarrel with Madonna in the 2000s. Of course he did. Uh, you know. It, it, it just, but he later apologized. He was like, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I was just, you know, being out in John. Yeah. <laughs> High on cocaine. <laughs> yeah. He, he did a, a couple things. All right. I got some Elton John by the numbers here. Do it for me. Owns over a thousand pairs of glasses. That sounds right. He was obsessed yeah. with uh, glasses. 
A uh, few artists out. have managed to crank out uh, hits quite like Sir Elton. Uh, 27 of his albums have gone platinum, with 14 of those going multi-platinum. Jesus fucking Christ. Over five decades since his career began, 1969, uh, Elton John has played more than 3,500 concerts in over 80 countries. Uh, he, his net worth is $48 million, making him the second richest singer in the UK behind only Paul McCartney. And this one, Rob, I know you'll really love. The Lion King stage musical, for which John wrote the music, was named the highest grossing production in theater history, history earning over $1 billion. Is that, is that different music than the theatrical release? Did he write different music for the state for the stage show? I believe so, yes. I can feel the love. <laughs> you can feel the love tonight. think the album i mean i i literally went to a thrift store and found it for three dollars and bought it so <laughs> it's uh I, I'm, I'm gonna continue listening to it i give it a positive yeah it's it's very enjoyable to listen to it's well done the whole way through i'm reluctant to give it a positive just to critique it past the the goodness of the the Elton John vibe and the Elton John style. Well, if it's Elton John's vibe and Elton John style, what where's the reticence in that? Because I, I, just, I imagine you're not going to find a perfect record in his catalog, though his catalog has produced more what platinum records than just about anything you'll hear. So yeah. Well, I wasn't. I like, think I, I know. I, I know on, he's I'm got. I'm on board hits. with you, though. I understand what you're saying. I know yeah. he's got hits, and I know he's got a sound. What I was looking for in an Elton John album was more of I don't know, like either a, either a statement or or to be kind of pushing a boundary of that sound, and I I didn't really find either. I feel bad just giving it a neutral because it's a really good album to listen to. Yeah. Uh, so. You say you're. I need to think about mine for a minute. Yeah, I'm. I'm on board. I'm. I'm on the same level that you are. Where I feel like it. It drops off a bit on the second side. The songs are very good, and you think a lot of what this album is doing is it makes you just think of Elton John and being like, 
yeah, it's awesome. Why wouldn't I give it an immediate thumbs up or an amazing album? But then you kind of dig in, you're kind of thinking, okay, some of these songs aren't, you know, they're not as strong as, you know, just his whole career. Yeah. It's it's hard to dis- disassociate just picking one album from an artist like this who has been so prolific and had so many albums and you can pick off the songs that are are good on each of those albums. I think I will just go positive because I really enjoyed listening to it this week and I, I kind of went back and, and listened to it a couple times. It's produced excellently. Like, in terms of just... Uh, you know, craftsmanship. I think that it, it stands out and it's definitely one of his stronger albums. This is probably uh, when he gets more into the sort of soft adult contemporary a little bit more. I, I just drop off. I don't like that. I don't like feeling like there's no edge. And I feel like this is one of those polished things that does have at least enough edge for me to to appreciate um kind of kind of what it's doing we've still got some edge coming up in his career though right because like we haven't gotten to like saturday night's all right for fighting yet we're gonna get i mean we're gonna get to uh yellow brick brick road for sure um and i don't know what else other than that admittedly i i'm not an elton john i i i i out, I'm you're, an Elton John Greatest Hits fan. You're a singles boy. I'm a yeah. singles boy. So am I. Uh, so I'm actually not that familiar with hit, which Elton John. I know a lot of Elton John songs. I don't know which ones are on which albums. I know that Goodbye Yellow Goodbye, Brick Road yeah, is on Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. So yeah, that like and it, that might be the answer to my question. Has, like that if, one has Candle in the Wind and Benny in the Jets. Okay. Yeah. So like, like Mad Men Across the Water. And, sorry, and Saturday Night's All Right for Fire. Right. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's... I was wondering, like, Mad, Mad Men Across the Water, it, it's it's good to listen to. There's some there's some bangers on it. I was wondering if there, like, before I give it a positive, I was wondering, like, is this the album that kind of, like, is, like... It did, I think, uh, I think Yellow Brick Road solidified Elton yeah. John as being Elton John, huge, you know, I mean, the, shit, the, if this the, was the one live of the five records that he threw out in 71. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I I think that I think that I need to go neutral, but with the disclaimer that I do really enjoy listening to it. Mm-hmm. I just like my neutral marks are, are from like a, a, an artist statement and pushing any boundaries type of like I want to see more of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I, I think if you would have culminated the maybe three other out, al- you know, like he did five albums. So right. if you would have culminated probably from those albums, I, we would probably both just be like overwhelmingly, like not even give it a second thought. Yeah. But it is, be- I think it is because it's so, so much of that sort of pushing it out there in, in, in sort of a, I will counter having a, yeah. Yeah. Okay, just ever so slightly. Like I've been, I've been harping on bands for like this beautiful first record and then why are you putting out the B-sides for your second record? Um, mm-hmm. And here we have a guy who's in some weird, weird contract <laughs> that is requiring five records. And this one that we're listening to right now, though not a perfect record in any way, shape, or form, every fucking song is at least listenable. Absolutely. And and the, the fact that, like, it's not... 
the the fact that this is one of five means that there are four more out there that may be a okay, but this is the one the book brought to us. Yeah, like just from this year. So on that note, like it 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 kind of it it turns my issue with bands having multiple records in one year on its ear. This is this is one record out of five that a genius put out and I'm I'm interested actually to see what the other records sound like now from that year because this is this is insane the amount of like yeah. really good production and like quality of like it's incredibly exist impressive given the the time limitations that he was given the fact that he could basically pull an album like this out of his ass you know like <laughs> 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 yeah it, it front loaded though absolutely front loaded i'm like i'm not going to i'm not going to change my review but i'm going to say yes absolutely that is impressive and also if i saw this for three dollars i would absolutely pick it up yeah because it was three dollars and it's a great record i mean i'd, I'd spend five yeah upwards of five <laughs> upwards american of five. dollars <laughs> and and you know like and i would re- i would recommend like if anyone if if you like Elton John radio hits, yeah, pick up Mad Men Across the Water. You're, you're going to like those songs, too. That being said, I, I'm staying by my neutral. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Okay. Yeah, I think... Uh, I hear what you're saying, though. I, I, I get it. Um, Yeah, I think we're all like Elton John, though. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is cool. All right, next time we'll be talking about another great one. Dolly Parton, Coat of Many Colors. All right, thanks, y'all. The moon. I will write songs for you. Your silver spoon I'm sorry I took your time I am the poem that doesn't rhyme Just tell